I'm Jim Calloway. And I'm Sharon Nelson. This is the 60th edition of the Digital Edge Lawyers and Technology. 60 editions. Who knew we'd ever get there, Sharon? Uh, I still remember the day you came bursting into the hotel room with your great idea, Jim. And after five years, apparently it was a great idea. Apparently so. Well, today our topic is the iPad for Lawyers, the second edition, is out. Jim and I are very happy to have as our guest today Tom Mile. Tom, besides being our very good friend, is a senior consultant with Contoral, where he helps companies deal with records management, electronic discovery, and records management issues. Tom is the author of iPad in One Hour for Lawyers and iPad Apps in One Hour for Lawyers, both published by the American Bar Association. He served as chair of the ABA Law Practice Management section this past year and currently serves as the chair of the Law Practice Management section's publishing board. Welcome, Tom. Thanks very much. I'm glad to be back. Well, Tom, you published the first iPad for Lawyers book in March of 2011, and now you're already out with the second edition. Have things changed that much with the iPad since the first edition was published? You know, I didn't think so originally. When when they came to me and asked me to do a second edition, I had originally thought that there hasn't been a lot that's changed, although there had been two completely new editions of the iPad that came out, I, I thought that the book still held up. But when I went back and looked at it, I realized it didn't. There were there were apps in there that had changed, that had added new features. Uh, there were apps in there that really didn't exist anymore, things that I had recommended in the first book that, uh, that I certainly wouldn't recommend today. And so as I read it, I realized that if, if someone's buying a book on how to use the iPad for the first time, they need something that, that gives them a, a good idea of what the iPad looks like today day and and i think that's why a second edition was necessary it does change i know really really fast and one of the questions i think people might have is is this book really for all lawyers or is it focused on on a particular area on litigation something like that because i hear that a lot well this book isn't focused on litigation if i had to say a focus here this book is not for everyone if you bought an ipad and you've been making your way on it and you kind of have a general idea how to use it then you may find that there's a lot of things in this book that uh, that you already know this is designed as sort of the the intro book for lawyers who want to learn how to set their ipad up how to set email up how to browse the web you know navigating around your ipad uh, really the basics and then, and then i try to go into you know a little bit on some recommended apps but I want to make sure that if, if you find yourself an, an iPad at least a, more than a novice more than a beginner this may not be the book for you but but and, and I know we'll talk a little bit later on on books for for other types of lawyers but I really recommend this book for somebody who's really just starting out with the iPad wants to learn more about it well what are some of the things that you hope lawyers will get out of this book well, you know, I, I think that that's uh, it, it, what I what I really hope is that lawyers will take this and understand that the iPad is not just a device for watching movies or playing Angry Birds or or, or giving to the kids uh, to, 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 to play games. What I have learned over the past two years is that the iPad can really become a serious productivity device. It can be something that lawyers can use on a daily basis to get their work done 
and to provide better services to their clients, whether they're litigators, whether they're transactional lawyers. Um, I, one of the things that I really wanted to get across in the book was that that you too can use the iPad to to to, to use technology in a in a better and different way that uh, that your clients will appreciate. Well, we were, I was going to just put you on the spot and ask you to name the five must-have apps that any lawyer should have on their iPad. But clearly, as you and I both know, one of them is Word for Friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we're, since we're currently playing a game right now, I can hardly say no to that. Um, that would be my bonus. I, I'm, I'm glad you said five because five gives me enough. It, you know, I usually get people who ask me, what are the top three? And that becomes a lot harder. If I had to choose five apps that all lawyers need to have. The first one I would choose is Goodreader. And what's interesting is, is that is that the best apps to have on your iPad really haven't changed that much since the first edition. They're really the same standard apps that I think are, are good and solid. They've just added new features that make them better. The first one, like I said, is Goodreader. Goodreader allows you to manage your documents in a folder structure like you're used to doing on your desktop or on your laptop. It allows you to read just about any kind of document and annotate PDF files. I think that having a an app that allows you to create and revise documents is important. And it doesn't it doesn't matter which you choose. I prefer either Documents to Go or Quick Office Pro. Both of those will work with Word, Excel, PowerPoint files. If you must have access to uh, to, to, to Microsoft Office, then I, I really recommend using something like Cloud On, which gives you direct access to a Microsoft Office product. But having an app that, uh, that, that, that allows you to work with the documents in your practice is a must-have, whether you use one of those uh, two or three apps that I just mentioned. I know that lawyers all the time are working with apps that, uh, uh, that with documents, uh, PDF files, whether they're case law, whether they are documents that have been produced by their client or by the other side, whether they're just memos, and reading and marking them up is important. Having a good annotation app is, I think, also a must-have. Being able to uh, uh, being able to use uh, something like PDF Expert is really my PDF annotation tool of choice because it allows you to fill out PDF forms. You can fill a form out uh, on your iPad. You can also digitally sign a PDF document or have your client sign a PDF file. So I, I, I prefer PDF Expert out of just about any of them. My, my fourth must-have app is lawyers need to get, be able to give presentations. I recommend either using Keynote, which is Apple's version of PowerPoint. Uh, it's a great tool on the iPad. If you happen to live in a PowerPoint world, and uh, you might find that using Keynote is a little bit difficult when you, when you uh, try to convert a PowerPoint file into Keynote format. If that's the case, then I recommend an app called SlideShark. SlideShark will take your PowerPoint files, convert them into, the, into a good format, and make it very easy for you to, uh, to present PowerPoint on the iPad. And the fifth app, fifth, fifth must-have app, I really think that having a good note-taking app is important. Um, being able to take notes like having a digital legal pad, I think that is something that, that lawyers should do because you're not going to want to be typing your notes out all the time. My favorite note-taking app is called Note Shelf. It's, uh, it's got all the, all the uh, features that I want. It's not the most full-featured. There are others that have many more features, but I like it because it doesn't have 
tons and tons of features. It just has enough to, to be able to take good notes, save them out as PDF files off my iPad so that I can transfer them to other places if I need to. Um, I guess that's five. Maybe maybe I'll add my bonus as words with friends, and uh, you need to make sure, Sharon, that you go easy on me in the in the moves to come. <laughs> <laughs> he was beating me, but now the tide has turned, Jim. <laughs> Very good for you. I've tried to avoid that and angry birds so far successfully. So uh, I have to share one thing with you, Tom. I, uh, our bar president-elect, Jim Stewart, an attorney from Shawnee, was uh, uh, showing me that he has been using Note Shelf in his year of preparing to be bar president. It has like 10 different notebooks of things where he takes notes and saves them all and says this has already been a lifesaver for him. Yeah, I, I keep it for my I, – I, I have a, an entire shelf for my clients, so there's a separate notebook for each client. I have all of the notes that I've taken. Um, I think it's just a very handy tool to use. Great. I know that was a challenging question because I also hear it from lawyers all the time, and there are so many apps out there, it's hard to know which ones to use, and there are several good apps that do the same thing. So what's your advice for lawyers who want to learn more about the best apps for their particular practice or lifestyle? Well, I'll, I'm going to give two recommendations, and one is self-serving and one is not. I'll start with the self-serving and say you ought to buy a copy of my other book, which is called iPad Apps in One Hour for Lawyers. It's, it's, it's designed to be a curated list of the apps that uh, I think are best for lawyers in all different categories, productivity, law-related apps, utilities, travel, reference, news, those, any type of app that, that a lawyer might want to use. I've tried to narrow it down to about the 200 or so that lawyers should take a look at. I mean, there's, after all, there's probably 200,000 in the App Store right now, and it's just so hard to know which ones are the best ones. I've tried to give you some, some choices. I've tried to narrow your choices. But, but if that's not enough, if the book is not enough, I, I recommend another app or website, and it's called App Advice, appadvice.com. They have a separate app that you can load onto your iPad, and they do the usual every day they'll put out news about the iPhone and the iPad and new apps and new information and things that are rolling out on the iPad. Uh, but the reason that I like app advice is that they also have what they call app lists and app guides. And if you go into the app guides section, uh, you'll notice that they have created their own list of sort of curated guides on specific categories. So this past week, I noticed that the, 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 at the very top of their list, they had an app guide for iPad calculators. So if you're looking for a new calculator to use on your iPad, and there's some really, really good calculators that you can use, this gives you an idea of what they think are the must-have apps, the, the, the very good apps, and then what they call decent, which I typically don't pay attention to when they say decent. That seems to me to, to not be a recommendation, but um, it's somebody has taken the time to go through and make some recommendations in different categories, and I think that it's, it's, it's really useful, and, and, and it's a definitely good app to have. It used to be free. I think it's either $0.99 cents or one ninety nine now, but I think it's, it's completely worth it. Yeah, I think they moved it to one ninety nine, but I agree. I like that app a lot. So there, there are a lot of rumors that always are swirling around Apple, you know, riots, plants closing, that kind of thing. <laughs> <clears throat> but one of the current rumors is that Apple is getting ready to release a smaller mini version of the iPad. Do you think it's a good idea for lawyers to take a look at that device uh, for use in their practice, Tom? Well, you know, the thing that I... 
I, I, I enjoy and dread so much when new tablets come out is the, is the inevitable slew of blog posts and people speculating on the internet. What will lawyers do? Will lawyers move to this new – is this the new tool for lawyers? And I, I expect that the same thing is going to happen when this new you know, mini iPad comes out. And, and I think all by all accounts, it sounds like something's coming out. Apple has an event scheduled in October, and since they've already announced the iPhone 5, then people are assuming it must be a, a mini version of the iPad. You know, I, I, I have mixed feelings about this. I think that the, 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 the new iPad, if it, if it is released, it'll be a 7-inch iPad, which is very similar to the, uh, the Google Nexus, uh, the, uh, the Nexus One from Google, and then the, uh, the Amazon, the Kindle Fire HD are both 7-inch tablets, and they both get rave reviews. I know everybody that I know who uses them likes those devices a lot, but I am hesitant because I think that a device, a tablet device, needs to be useful to you in your work, and I think that a 7-inch device is more useful for content consumption, for being able to read a magazine or a book or being able to watch a show. Um, that screen is not too small to be able to do that, but if you're going to actually work with documents, if you're going to, to, to sign records and if you're going to read files and things like that, I really think that a bigger screen is 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 just a, a lot more effective at at helping you do the work that you need to do. And so I'm going to be very interested to see whether lawyers take to that tool. I think that it is a great device. It, it would be a great device if it comes out for for creating or consuming content for reading books and those types of things. I'm just uh, a little skeptical at this point about whether or not it would make a good business development tool. I don't notice a lot of lawyers racing to the Nexus One to use it for work. I still see them primarily working on the larger iPad. For some of our lawyers who may be persuaded by you, your publications in this podcast, to buy their first iPad, what are the things they should think about when making a purchase, Tom? Well, you know, I get I get asked this question a lot, uh, which is which is what size iPad should I get, and and what connectivity should I get? There's really two questions, and and the current iPad offers really six different configurations for you. And so the things you need to think about is how much capacity do you want it to have, and how do you want to connect to the iPad? So the cheapest version of the iPad is has the smallest capacity, which is 16 gigabytes, and it has Wi-Fi, uh, all the way up to the most expensive, which is 64 gigabytes that has Wi-Fi plus 4G. And, and it really depends. If Let's talk about capacity. If you plan to make use of your iPad in the way that you intend to put lots of video, if you want to put depositions on it so people can see uh, uh, depositions, you present them at trial or at mediation, um, being able to, being able to um, um, have that video on there is very useful. You want to go for the larger, for the 32 gigabyte or the 64 gigabyte. If you just plan to use an iPad for documents, then a 16 gigabyte really ought to do you just fine. Um, I, I know a, a lot of people not in the legal industry who have a smaller 16 gigabyte because they tend to stream everything. They pull things down from their Dropbox account. They stream music and videos so they don't need to store them on their iPad. And if that's your personality with technology, then maybe 16 gigabytes is all you need. But I, if, if you tend to put lots of files on it, I really recommend the 32 or 64. The next question you have to decide is, do I want the all 
always on capability of a 4G connection. It's going to require that you buy a data plan. Those data plans are, I think, now $50 a month, so it's an extra data plan that you have to have. You can tether your iPad, or excuse me, your iPhone to the iPad, but again, that calls for the purchase of a data plan. Um, I, I, I personally just have a, a, a Wi-Fi only iPad because I have a wireless card that I already use with my laptop, so I'm easily able to connect wirelessly whenever I need to. But if being able to have that anywhere, anytime connection is important, then you want to take a look at the 4G and the, and the, and the, the data plan. Wi-Fi, of course, is free, but it's going to depend on wherever you can find wireless access. Well, I think one of the things that confuses lawyers a lot is any accessories, and, and I know that's always a subject of debate because there are gazillions of them out there. Are there any in particular that you recommend that they buy? Well, you know, it's funny because I am um... – I, I I always have I always hate talking about accessories just because I feel like I'm telling lawyers that the iPad is not enough that that it's not enough that you went out and bought this iPad now you got to buy a bunch of other stuff to go along with it but I think to really make it useful I think you do need to have some accessories and 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 it really comes down to three different categories um, a, a good stylus a good keyboard and good connection tools. So let's go through them pretty quickly. The first one is a good stylus. I recently learned that I shouldn't be sailing styluses. I should be saying styli, which sounds a little, um, <laughs> I don't know, elite, elitist uh, to say styli. It just sounds kind of weird, but I'll say it. I've, I've tried many styli, and um, there, are, there are a couple that I, that I recommend. Uh, don't laugh. You're it's, making it's this what, up. That's what you're I'm making, told. You're that's making this up. Um, so uh, the, my, my two favorite um, mode of stylus is uh, the, the if, if I have one that has the, uh, the the rubber tip. Rubber tip is what we're, we're most used to seeing on a stylus, and my favorite is called the Wacom Bamboo. W-A-C-O-M Bamboo. It's about $30. I like it because its rubber tip is the smallest of any that I have seen, and then uh, and, and, and then it, it also feels like a pen. It feels like you're holding something that has some good heft to it. Uh, another stylus that I actually started using a lot, I don't use as much anymore, but uh, I, it really comes the closest to working with a ballpoint pen. It's called the Adonit Jot Pro, J-O-T-P-R-O. It's also $30. It has an actual pen point that is protected by a, a, a plastic disc, so it protects the screen, your, your, your iPad screen from the tip of it. It is as close, in my opinion, to writing with a ballpoint pen as you'll get on the iPad. I don't use it as often because I, it tends to make a lot of clicking noises when I use it, but they say that they're going to they're, they're modifying the, the stylus to, to where it doesn't make those problems in future releases, so I'll be interested to see where they go with that. Um, you, you absolutely need a keyboard to be able to, to type if you have long documents to type. I have an Apple wireless keyboard, which I like. It is separate from the iPad, uh, but it's very thin, very lightweight, easy to slide into a bag. It's seventy dollars. It's it's a full size keyboard, which makes it the nicest thing. But then, uh, uh, if if I know there are a lot of people out there who prefer to have their keyboard as part of a case, and if that's the case, if that's what you want, then uh, I recommend the the the, the style keyboard that I like a lot these days is called the Logitech ultra thin keyboard and that's all it is it's actually just a keyboard it has a very strong magnet on one side that will connect to your ipad so when you're done typing you can it's got a little slot that you can slide your ipad in so you can type use it to type and prop it up but when you're done typing you just attach one end to the ipad via a magnet and the back of the ipad and the back of the keyboard form the two sides of the cover 
It's very ingenious design. It does make it ultra thin. It's a very thin, easy to use uh, case. I really love it. It's about $100. It's $99.99. And then finally, I know I've been ta answering this question for a while, but and finally, let's talk about some connections. Um, you want to make sure that you are able to, if you go to the court or if you go to mediate and you want to present with your iPad, you need to make sure you have the right tools to do that. And I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about this, but I will say that having the, uh, Apple, the Apple's VGA adapter is, is useful in most all occasions. You want to have one of those in your bag because most projectors that you will come in contact with only have VGA capabilities. So you want to be able to plug in this adapter the other end to the VGA cable, the other end plugs into your iPad, and, uh, and you can then present on just about any projector. If you are so lucky as to have a projector with a high-definition output uh, port or a high-definition television, then I recommend that you get the Apple TV. All you have to do is plug the Apple TV into either the projector or the TV. The Apple TV will, it's, it's essentially a, a uh, entertainment hub. It's a wireless device that will connect to a wireless network. Just connect the Apple TV to the same network as your iPad, and you can actually connect the iPad to Apple TV, present through it, so you're actually presenting wirelessly. I will say that I've th th those have been the most enjoyable presentations I've given, is being able to walk around a room not tethered by any cords, being able to present wirelessly with the iPad. Of course, it depends on the projector or the, or the TV that you have. If you've got that, then I, I, I strongly recommend getting an Apple TV. Well, uh, you've uh, reached near and dear to my heart. I am sitting here with my uh, Apple TV and my new Airport Express still in the shrink wrap, committed to not opening until I finish a writing <laughs> deadline today. <laughs> so, uh, you know how that works, both of you. Yes. Uh, as more and more lawyers start to use mobile technology, it becomes increasingly important to make sure the technology is secure so that client information is not inadvertently compromised in any way. Do you have any tips that you'd like to share about the best ways and best practices for securing your iPad? You know, I'm going to recommend very quickly just very, some basic security tips. These are just the easy duh tips to, to secure your iPad. The first is to go into your general, your settings, and then general, and then make sure that you've enabled a passcode. By default, it gives you a simple passcode, which is four digits. I, I recommend that you slide that simple passcode to the off position and select a passcode that is more. It will let you select a passcode of infinite length, but you know, we're hearing now that, that your passcode needs to be at least in the range of 12 digits to be secure. So I recommend that you get something that you can remember that you can, that, that, that's also secure. So I'm I say make sure that you've got that passcode enabled, that you've enabled the button that says erase all data, which means that if someone gets a hold of your iPad, that after 10 times of entering your passcode incorrectly, then the data will automatically wipe uh, itself from the iPad. I also recommend that you uh, enable the auto lock, that it asks for a passcode after 5 or 10 minutes. If you leave your iPad on a table and someone picks it up, um, it will protect you if you've been gone long enough. If you If you haven't, then they're able to access it very easily. My last sort of duh security tip is, is what happened to me about a month ago in Chicago. I was there for the annual meeting, the ABA annual meeting, and um, I, I left my iPhone in, uh, in a cab. And fortunately, I had loaded onto my iPad the Find My iPhone app. Just because it says iPhone, it works for both iPhones and iPads. And I was able to locate my iPad, my iPhone, 
in a cab at Chicago O'Hare Airport. It was there. I pressed a button on my iPad screen that allowed me to send a message to my phone, which basically said to the taxi driver, "Call me up immediately. I want to talk about. Uh, I, I want to talk about getting my phone back." He called within 30 seconds, and uh, although it took about four hours for him to get back to uh, the hotel from uh, Chicago, I did watch my, my phone travel all over <laughs> Chicago in that cab, but uh, it was, uh, it was a completely worth the, the download of the free app. So I think that having Find My iPhone uh, more, than, uh, more than paid for itself uh, that, that one time that I needed to use it. Well, I, th I think that's great, and I would add to all of your invaluable tips that people should understand when they put any PIN on the phone, they are encrypting the device, uh, which is, is very important to know. And the other yep. thing is, uh, and your advice is great, you know, to put on that if, if you can't, if the password is incorrect 10 times to wipe the data. But my other advice is that if you're out drinking one night and you, <laughs> you've done it eight times, it's time to go to bed and try in the morning. That's right. <laughs> Well, Tom, I have to tell you, I used the uh, same thing with you. I had my phone muted, so I couldn't. I misplaced it in the house and couldn't use the uh, call your phone thing and, and use the same technique you described to make it beep, which it beeped from between the sofa cushions. So it was handy to have. <laughs> you know, you two are really a couple of losers. <laughs> oh, right. I guess we'll take that in context and not take offense. Oh, no, no. Take, yeah, the, I, take no offense. I've, I've left my phone in a cab, and it cost me $100 tip to the cab driver to get it before the uh, ship sailed. So, <laughs> yeah, before John wiped it and the ship sailed, which would have been a he double disaster. So, at any event, Tom, we understand that you are currently working hard on your new book, which is aimed at the lawyers who go to trial. Can you give our listeners a sneak preview of what to expect in this latest iPad in one hour book? Well, you know, I've become enamored of the one-hour format, so the, the name of the new book is essentially just going to be iPad in One Hour for Litigators, and it's designed to help litigators uh, get up to speed with the accessories, the apps, and the and the tips that they need to be able to try a case in court using only an iPad. I think that the basis of this is that 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 I think the iPad has the capability to, I hate to use the word level the playing field, but it really makes it easier for a solo, a small firm lawyer, a lawyer who doesn't have trial technology, doesn't want to hire a technologist. It makes it much easier for them to go into court and present evidence and look professional while you're doing it. And 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 so I, I wanted to provide in just about an hour the types of uh, things that lawyers need to think about and the apps they need to download in order to make that happen. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. it I, I think it's going to come out probably around ABA Tech Show, which will be next April, if it doesn't come out sooner than that. But, but so, soon, soon, soon. Well, thank you very much, Tom. I always enjoy uh, visiting with you about iPads, and as you well know, we've done it many times in front of audiences, so uh, maybe we'll get to do that again soon. Absolutely. I appreciate you inviting me here. I'm pleased to be a guest on your 60th episode. And that's all, folks, for this edition of the Digital Edge Lawyers and Technology. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye, Miss Sharon. Happy trails, cowboy.